This is the Antichrist Empire Deconstruction Podcast with the Lady Victory. Today I'm going to be going over how my spiritual warfare battle as a Christian feminist, a Christian radical feminist, on fire in the spirit of God to overthrow all demonic power of male headship. My passion is rooted in the truth of the kingdom of God. Women are equally born again as men, and women are equally children of God. Women are equally created in the image of God, and to assign any role to a woman of submission is to demote her into the position of an animal or an object. And I am in fury over it. And my fury is the fire of the Holy Spirit in literal direct combat with the devil himself. And Christians are attempting to stand on writings of Genesis 2, Genesis 3, the Saul Paul epistles that are not the word of God, but have come straight and directly from the abyss. These writings are fully Luciferian, Luciferian and satanic. And because they are Luciferian and satanic, they oppose the freedom and the humanity, the royal dignity of women as children of God. And so this is not um, a debate between fellow believers in different views of biblical doctrine. This is the end time battle of the Church of Philadelphia to cast down the dragon. These writings are from the devil. They are fully patriarchal and misogynist in so being patriarchal and misogynist. They're fully satanic in total hatred for women. And people are trying to justify this wickedness, this depravity, and this evil by redefining women as object things and attempting to coercively control women into accepting a redefinition of us as bodies men own as men's bodies. That is utterly satanic drivel from the abyss. So it's not a it's not a biblical position because that is a satanic Bible. Only the devil degrades women and robs from women who they are in spirit and in truth, in original creation and in born again redemption. Any doctrine that overthrows and eliminates essential doctrines is from the devil. The doctrine that a woman was created as a man's bones and flesh is utterly satanic because it denies who she is in spirit and in truth. By denying that woman is spirit born of God, That doctrine is fully humanist doctrine that defines woman as an animal flesh body, not as a spiritual child of God, but an animal flesh body. And I have talked about how saying that woman was created from man's rib as his bones and flesh is a cloned transhumanist perverted false story of creation that is a Gnostic myth that's made up. And I have a lot of passion about it. I have a lot of passion about it because the devil has interjected himself into the Hebrew Bible through Roman councils of popes and Caesars with Luciferian doctrine and Greco-Roman mythology and people have accepted that as biblical Christianity. It is not biblical Christianity. It is the opposite of biblical Christianity. It is the doctrines of demons. Okay? It it redefines women as object things. 
It is utterly hateful to women. And these doctrines have been used to strip all rights from women because women were redefined as bodies men own as men's bodies. And today what I am setting forth is that my passion and my fury directed at this wickedness is the ongoing battle of first wave feminism. First wave feminism secured for women legal rights. First wave feminism secured these rights by overthrowing the doctrines of Genesis 2 and the Saul Paul epistles. These one flesh and coverture laws that first wave feminism overthrew to gain legal status for married women as human beings and persons rather than body object things that a man owned as his own body was the direct overthrow of these religious beliefs that had been codified as these laws. These laws are directly derived from Genesis 2 and Saul Paul epistles of male headship false teaching. So we have the satanic fruit of the total degradation, defilement, and enslavement of women, quote-unquote, under the law, as the direct fruit of these evil satanic writings. So the suffragettes and those who fought for women's property rights were women, feminists, who were battling against religious belief in Saul Paul's apostleship. They fought their battle in the political and the legal realm, but they were literally battling the false doctrines of Paul. They were literally battling biblical Christianity, falsely so-called. These women had to rise up against what people said was the Bible. They had to rise up and overthrow what people said was scripture that defined women as blobs of tissue with no real humanity, with no real autonomy, with no real personhood, as Paul and Genesis 2, that Luciferian parabolic fable of a Pandora story rewritten and inserted wrongfully into the Hebrew Bible, was accepted by Christians as license to enslave women and demand that women fulfill, quote-unquote, the role of harlots of Babylon. Why do I say harlots of Babylon? Because women were regarded as sex slaves, and they were made sex slaves under the law of coverture and one flesh. Rape became the marital contract. And people are still to this day calling this wicked evil the Bible. And I want to tell you that I am in a state of holy fury. Not righteous indignation. Holy fury. Holy fury in the wrath of God. I am literally ablaze with the fire of the Holy Spirit in fury and wrath level to utterly annihilate the devil, to utterly destroy this stronghold, to fully uproot this wickedness of calling this evil apostasy biblical Christianity and these religious sexist Pharisees who call themselves Christian pastors, who call themselves Christian theologians, who call themselves Christian men. There is no unity between them and me. 
I have drawn the sword of the spirit and I am going to war against them. They are on one side of the line. I am on the other side of the line. They are on the devil's side of the line. I am on the Lord's side of the line. My sword is drawn. They either leave that side of the line and come to my side of the line or may God strike them down. I am in holy fury and I will not tolerate this wickedness on the soil of America. I will not tolerate this evil degradation of women. Their doctrines that they are propagating in the power of the devil himself are degrading women and brainwashing women to live as if it was before 1870, to live as if it was before 1920. They are propagating the evil that first wave feminism overthrew. They are telling women, okay, revival came across the land and these wicked laws were overturned, but we want you under this wickedness, under our domination and control as your religion. So first wave feminism, that really is the power of liberty, has been denied by these wicked rulers. And they wickedly declare themselves to be God. Saul Paul told them that as men, they are the image and glory of God. In 1 Corinthians 11.7, these men are in a doctrinal position of apostasy before God. They are the prophets of Baal. Now, they are speaking as the prophets of Baal every time they quote Saul Paul. Every time they quote Genesis 2 and 3, they are operating as the prophets of Baal. Now, I don't know how many of them are truly born again, but if they are truly born again, the sword is drawn. They need to repent themselves of their wickedness, of their apostasy, of their idolatry, of their tyranny, of their oppression, of their wickedness. And they need to come to God's side of the line. But if they are fully wicked and they are just propagating these doctrines of devils to enslave women, on the devil's side of the line, then may God strike them down. May may they perish from the soil of America. May God's wrath come upon them in such power they are utterly destroyed by the hand of God. So as you can see, I am not in a position of unity with this evil. I have drawn the line and I am calling evil what evil is. They call evil good. I call their evil, evil. And I am not going to negotiate or compromise with the devil. Now, they have spewed forth from from their own lips wickedness in which they call women, quote unquote, rebellious. If women will not bend the knee to submit to them as if they are God in their idolatry, in their Baal worship as prophets of Baal. So they demand that women submit to them and assume the posture of slaves. And they insist and demand that Baal worship be carried out by Christian women who submit to men as if men are God. So I I definitely have a spiritual fury that comes from the Lord. And this evil is fully intolerable to me. And I am on incredible fire of the Holy Spirit because I saw the Lord face to face in heaven in my own born again redemption experience. I saw the Lord. I know who I am in him. I know his regard for me. I know his love for me. And then these wicked men quote writings from heathen Greco-Romans to attempt to bring me under slavery, under the power and the darkness and the wickedness of the devil's kingdom 
to make me a slave. These women that were under these laws of one flesh and coverture derived from Genesis 2 and Saul Paul's writings were literally enslaved in America where I live. They had no human rights. They could not own property. When they were married, their husbands gained full power over their bodies so that rape was the covenant and the contract that people said was biblical Christianity. Do you think I should not be on fire? Do you think I should not feel holy fury? Do you think I should not tell these people that the wrath of God is coming from them and I will rejoice to see it burn them to zero? I'm on that much level fire. So I, I'm, I'm not lukewarm. The Lord says that he wishes that we were hot or cold, not lukewarm. Some of these people are Laodiceans, and they have accepted the true word of God in Genesis 1, and they have accepted the satanic wickedness of Genesis 2 in the Saul Paul epistles that have come straight from the devil himself. And they are neither hot nor cold. They are lukewarm. No one will say that I am lukewarm because I am not lukewarm. I have rejected Genesis 2. I have rejected the Saul Paul epistles. I will not tolerate this patriarchy and misogyny being called biblical Christianity. I will not tolerate this wickedness of these men exalting themselves as God. They are violating the first commandment. The Lord said, thou shalt have no other God before me. Yet they say, I am the image and glory of God because Paul said so. Paul said that because I am God come in the flesh, I am the image and glory of God as a man. And Paul said that a woman is just a sack of meat and the glory of a man. So she must be subject to me as my sex slave. And that is the doctrine. And they they. They have tried to cover this up in their own lukewarmness who are born again. And they better get on God's side of the line because these are the end of days. And and the Lord is coming. And that fury is coming. That fury is coming from the Lord of hosts to all those who degrade his royal daughters. That is what we see in Isaiah 66. That is what we see in Revelation 12. That is what we see in Revelation 18, that God in the book of Isaiah is telling us in Isaiah 60 that it is the women who arise. They break these chains from around their necks that men put upon them in Isaiah 51 and 52. The scripture says in Isaiah 51 that women are forced to lay down their bodies so men can walk all over them. And God says in Isaiah 52, Zion, arise, take those chains from your neck and rise enthroned. God has nothing to do with this wicked patriarchy and misogyny of male headship that Saul Paul taught as Roman laws. And so when you listen to me, you are listening to a born-again Christian who knows the Lord face-to-face and is ready for the Lord to come and draw the sword against every last one of these men who will preach Saul Paul as prophets of Baal, spouting this evil of male headship. Because the revival and, and my feminism is first-wave feminism that overthrows Genesis 2 and the Saul Paul epistles of male headship. And I'm going to read to you just a little bit of some history. This is, and I will put a link to this in my description. This is by Rachel Ablow, A-B-L-O-W is her last name. One Flesh, One Person, and the 1870 Married Woman's Property Act. So I'm going to read to you from that. I think first I'm going to read to you this quick overview, and this is by Charles Reed, University of St. Thomas School of Law, Minnesota. It was written in 2012, and it says, Coverture, also known as fem 
covert, was premised upon male headship. So I want you to know these these coverture laws were fully based upon Genesis 2 and the wicked writings of Saul Paul. They produced this evil fruit of the rape of women in marriage, changing the marriage covenant from the egalitarian covenant of Genesis 1 to the rape contract with the devil of Genesis 2, one flesh apostasy. And should I be not on fire? Should I not feel holy fury towards these wicked men who have perpetrated these crimes against women and who still spelt the lie that this is biblical Christianity? They can repent or perish under my watch. I'm coming for them with a sword of the spirit drawn. They can repent or they can perish because I'm calling down the wrath and the judgment of God upon every head of every man across American soil who does not repent of this evil. And God is with me. That is how on fire I am. I'm not lukewarm. I, I can't be. I cannot be lukewarm. I cannot tone it down. It was premised upon male headship the right of the husband to govern his family, to control his wife's property and her legal affairs generally, his unrestricted power to demand sexual intercourse with her, even over her objections. Rape. Should I not be on on fire? Should I not feel holy fury about rape doctrine? falsely called biblical Christianity. I want to know who would not be on fire to understand this. I want to know who can tolerate this. I want to know who's so lukewarm and so full of the devil himself that they support rape doctrine. And that is all male headship is. And I want to know who is so lukewarm they want to justify this. I will tell you who is so lukewarm. I will tell you the men that are so lukewarm that they justify it. These are men who want to rape women. These are men who want to declare themselves to be God. These are men who are sold out to the devil. These are men who want to believe they are the image and glory of God, like Paul said. So they want to believe they have all this power over women. And that is a spirit of rape. Because when they demand that women be subjugated to them, they are denying their wives humanity, personhood, autonomy, boundary lines, equality, and power of sexual consent. So I call it pride, lust, and perversion. I call it the arrogance and the haughtiness, the conceit of the devil himself. And so these men may not have heard it before. They may not have been confronted with the truth, but they will be confronted with the truth on my watch. They will be called what they are. They will be called sinners in the hands of God in fury. If they do not repent, women don't have to put up with this. I don't have to put up with this. You know, it only, you know, they have that saying that this is a democracy. It only takes God in one. Let me tell you what, I am the one. I am the one. I will call God down in full fury against these men. I will do it. I will absolutely do it. And I'm in process of doing it. They will repent or perish under my watch because the wrath of God is coming. The Lord is coming, as he says in Isaiah 66. He says, many shall be those slain of the Lord. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the Lord to come with sword drawn. That is, that is how on fire I am. So, so I'm somewhat of a rare bird in my level, passion and fury. So it says, and the concomitant duty of the wife to submit and obey. So she was a literal sex slave, rape victim. This is the teaching of male headship. These laws were male headship and one flesh doctrine, Genesis 2 and Ephesians 5, 1 Corinthians 11, all of Saul Paul's epistles, everything he taught codified as the law. There, there, there's no excuse for this. This man is teaching rape and sexual slavery of women. Genesis 2 is rape doctrine. It is fully contradictory to Genesis 1. I've got in my book, <coughs> Genesis 2, All in today's work, I show how Genesis 2 completely 
contradicts Genesis 1 in every way. It is not the word of God. It is a Pandora, Luciferian, parabolic fable. It came straight from the devil. And men who want to play games with God and who are on a power trip and want to believe that their head's ruling over women, that's rape doctrine. You're declaring your wife your sex slave. That's how wicked you are. I want you to know how wicked you are. I want you to know why the wrath of God is coming for you. I want you to know why the sword is drawn. I want you to know why I feel such holy fury. I want them to know. Male headship in turn was derived from a legal fiction, continuing reading this from Charles Reed, the idea that the wife's legal personality was subsumed into her husband's at the time of marriage. We can call that communism. We call that dictatorship and communism. We would call this <clears throat> the man is taking the position of Lucifer as a theocratic communist dictator who fully possesses his wife as his slave. That's communism. So we have all of these quote-unquote Christian conservatives who are spouting communist doctrine of male headship. Roman paterfamilias law that makes women slaves. Redefining the royal daughters of God Most High in creation and in born-again redemption as sacks of meat that men own as men's own bodies who are sex slaves and rape victims. This is the evil that people are calling the word of God. Is God that evil? No. So we look at canonization. Where did this come from? It was put forth by Constantine in 325 AD, and then it was canonized by Pope Damascus in Rome under a different Caesar, and that's where this filth came from. And people want to call rape and sex slavery the word of God. People are going to change the covenant of God from an egalitarian marriage relationship in Genesis 1 of two equals equally created in the image of God to the lies that Saul Paul tells that man is the image and glory of God and woman is the glory of man. So Paul completely overthrows the truth of Genesis 1 to recreate a fully satanic doctrine in which men are God and women are men's rape victim sex slaves who men possess body and soul. Men possess women in the image of the devil himself. In this, conf- in this contract with Satan of Genesis 2 and male headship, people want to call that the word of God. The woman, in coordination with the false teaching of male headship, becomes a non-entity, non-person, who does not own her own body, but is the slave who a man possesses, body and soul. That is the image of Lucifer. That is the kingdom of darkness. This is total evil. The article focuses on the role belief played in the vitality of the system and then its dissolution. English common lawyers justified coverture by appeals to the Bible. See, there is no question where this evil came from. This evil came from between, between the covers of a book with the word Holy Bible on it. Holy Bible written on the cover and then inside the cover, Genesis 2, the Saul Pauline epistles, and the product, rape of women by law. The product, women defined as sex slaves, possessed body and soul by men, by their husbands. Um, Coverture, the contract with Satan. And this is what people call the Holy Bible because they accept whatever Rome handed them. They accept whatever Pope Damascus canonized. They accept whatever Constantine canonized. And they say it's the word of God. It's the word of the devil. This is evil. And to call such evil good is an abomination. It is blasphemy. The Lord says in Isaiah 52, as he calls women to come out of this slavery, he says, my name is being blasphemed. God's name is being blasphemed by these men. God's name is being blasphemed by every person who
who puts forth male headship as the Bible. It's rape and sex slavery doctrine from ancient Rome and Babylon. It comes from the devil. Men canonized it, but there's no excuse before God. There's no excuse before God. There is no excuse before God for men to declare themselves to be the image and glory of God. They're declaring themselves to be God incarnate in spirit. Ignorance is no excuse. That's the devil. That's apostasy. That's blasphemy. And it has produced rape of women. It has produced the sex slavery of women in America. It was only overthrown by first wave feminism. My ministry is apostolic first wave feminism. I want this pulled out of the Bible. I want these men to repent. And I will call them to repentance. And if they don't repent, may God judge them. The demise of coverture was brought about by a secularization of societal values. A transformation worked by commentators, satirists, essayists, and pamphleteers. Only after society changed was law prepared to follow. What this abstract is telling you is that these Baal prophets, these prophets of Baal behind these Saul Paul pulpits were the opposition to women being set free from rape and sex slavery. They opposed it. These men wanted to rule over women as God. These men wanted to be God. They wanted to believe that they were the image and glory of God. They were heads and women are bodies men own as men's bodies. These men wanted to believe these, this Babylonian doctrine, and it is pulpits across America that opposed women getting the vote, that opposed women having power of refusal of sex to say no. I'll read this again to you. The man under coverture law Under male headship, male headship made the law. He had unrestricted power to demand sexual intercourse with, with his wife, even over her objections. So he raped her. Rape was the contract. That is male headship. It is a rape covenant with Satan. That's what it is. And the lukewarm can whitewash it. But that's, that's not the reality of what male headship is. That's not the reality of what the doctrine is. The reality of what the doctrine is was coverture laws. Only the secularization of society overthrew the wickedness behind these pulpits. God had to war against these men who said they were his preachers. They weren't his preachers. They were working the devil's work for him. These men wanted to enslave and rape women. These men wanted to own women as their as bodies men own. These men wanted to be worshipped and served as if they were God. And they didn't want to let go of Lucifer's power trip. They didn't want to set women free. They wanted to continue the sex slavery of women because they were prideful, lust-crazed, and perverted. Pornographic. They had fallen in love with Lucifer's rape, sex, slavery, fantasy, and they wanted what Lucifer could deliver to be their thrill. They wanted a thrill on Blueberry Hill. They, they, they wanted to get their rocks off, and they wanted to rape women. They wanted the power over women. Now, if these men do not have power of grace to be ashamed, then... You know, on my watch, may, may, may the Lord strike down every prophet of Baal. Now I'm going to read to you Rachel Ablo, One Flesh, One Person, in the 1870 Married Persons, Married Women's Property Act. You know, there is a scripture that says that God's eye will not pity and will not spare. People have gone too far. America has gone too far. It is time for judgment to begin at the house of the Lord. Uh, the fires of Revelation 18 are coming. The Lord is coming. So people can be apprised that things have gone that far. And when people hear me speak, well, the Lord is coming. And 
the idea that the Lord is going to put up with this level abuse of women and this level apostasy, this level idolatry of men declaring themselves to be the image and glory of God and calling that scripture, oh, you had better believe the Lord is coming in wrath and fury. You had better believe the Lord is coming to defend women. You had better believe the Lord is not going to put up with this being called his word. He says these men are blaspheming his name. That's what he says in Isaiah 52, that these men who demand that women lay themselves down as doormats to be walked on by men as submissive women, as men exalt themselves as the image and glory of God, because Paul said so, declaring that they are heads over women as and women are bodies, men own as men's bodies. The Lord is coming in wrath and fury to avenge himself and to set the captives free. Women don't have to put up with this. This is evil. They need to know this is not the Bible. This is satanic. <clears throat> Abstract. Rachel Ablow. The 1870 Married Woman's Property Act marked a shift in the way marriage was regarded in England. Before that point, debates relating to divorce, married women's property, and child custody revolved around different ideas of what constituted the good marriage. While many conservatives claimed coverture, the legal doctrine that absorbed a married woman's legal identity into her husband's made her a sex slave rape victim, guaranteed sympathetic communion between spouses. Men were enjoying having their cake and eating it too. Do you know that prostitution was rampant when coverture and one flesh laws were the law of the land? Women had no power to stand up against man and tell men, you keep it in your pants. You quit visiting the prostitutes. You, the men went berserk with all the power they had. They were lust crazed. There was so much prostitution going on, it was outrageous. So this did not produce um, holiness. It produced men turned loose in the power of lust because power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. And these men were so addicted to the power of Lucifer and the devil that they did not want to give up their power. And so they make these, these ridiculous excuses that somehow this is love. This is God's word. No, this is men addicted to pornography. This is men wanting women sex slaves. This is men degrading women. That's all it is. <clears throat> Many progressives. So it was the progressives. It was the secular people. And it was the Christians who joined with the secular progressives. So the progressive Christians, the progressive secular people, who said, no, women are human beings. Your, your religion there, in which you're defining women as pieces of meat that men own as their own flesh made from Adam's rib, your religion there is lunatic fringe. Your religion there is evil, wicked, vile, and corrupt. They were right. They were right. You know, a person doesn't need to be born again to have um, common sense, logic, and to be able to objectively note evil. And so Christians that are so defensive that they don't want to listen to the secular world, tell them what their faults are, um, Christians ought to listen because they can see it. The, the secular people saw how wicked male headship really is. They saw how evil coverture and one flesh laws based on Genesis 2 and male headship. They saw the evil of Rome. They saw the Roman sex slavery of women. They saw women under Roman law. They saw the Roman Empire revived through by Saul Paul's writings. They saw the Roman Empire revived through the Pandora Greek mythology of Genesis 2 and 3. They knew evil when they saw it. But the Christian men and these false Christian pastors, pastors these prophets of Baal, they were getting their rocks off on it. They were getting their rocks off on, on women having no say in the home and them being God, ruling over slaves in the home. And, and they were getting their rocks off seeing the prostitutes. So they were enjoying their pornographic power thrill. This was, this was no holiness. This was no purity. 
This was not nothing of God. This was men having power and being controlled by lust. This was men fixated upon a pornographic rape sex slave fantasy and in trying to become fulfilled through this wickedness because some of them were born again and and believed this was the Bible, so they were controlled by the devil. You know, and they had better hearts of heart than that. But that was the way the, the, the Christian church was. It was it was so full of the devil because they let in these false books. They didn't listen to the Lord in the Gospel of John. They, they, they threw the Lord to the side and they ran after Paul who told them they were God, told them they were the image and glory of God and that women were their sex slaves and, and men were rulers and women had to do everything men wanted. And that was, that was how women were made as non-person, non-entity, sacks of flesh that existed only to worship and serve men so that men could rape their wives at will. That's not a love relationship. That's exploitation. That is abuse. That's all male headship is, is exploitation and abuse. It's lust. It's pride. It's idolatry. It's filth. It's perversion. It's not of God. It's not of God. And people have to play act roles that are fully unnatural. And the people that are playing act, play acting the roles are born again, but they're controlled by the devil because this is the devil's theology. <clears throat> so many progressives claim that only legal equality could enable husbands and wives to enter fully into one another's feelings. The, the sympathetic communion between a sex slave and a sex slave owner is sadomasochism and narcissism, the total male self-centeredness, and a woman being abused under Stockholm Syndrome. That's all it is. That's all it is. That union is the, is the power of Lucifer, uniting two people in pain. The man is getting his rocks off on the de- degradation of his wife. It's wicked. It is wicked. I can't be lukewarm about it. Uh, you, nobody is going to listen to me and hear lukewarm. I, I cannot. My passion, my fire, my fury it is real. It's real. According to many commentators at the time, the 1870 Married Woman's Property Act signaled the demise of coverture the legal doctrine that made two people legally one upon marriage. As William Blackstone describes it in his commentaries on the laws of England, 1756, coverture meant that by marriage, the husband and wife are one person in law. That is the very being. See, she's the very being. A woman ceases to exist. That the, A woman has no spirit of her own in this wicked doctrine. I'm telling you that a woman is stated to be a sack of meat. And that's her definition in male headship doctrine in Genesis 2, one flesh doctrine. It comes from the devil. It says the very being of the woman is suspended. She no longer exists. She has been possessed body and soul by a man. And her spirit has been crushed out of her. She no longer exists as a person, a human being, or a child of God. Her salvation has been robbed. Her personal relationship with the Lord has been stripped and taken away from her. She has been enslaved in bondage under the power of the devil. That's what it means. That's what male headship means. Male headship means that a man possesses you body and soul, and you no longer have a personal relationship with God under that power of darkness because a man has, has been made your God. The image and glory of God, Saul Paul lies to say. <clears throat> this is the 666B system. This is ancient Rome. This is the Roman law of paterfamilias. It crushes the very spirit and soul out of a woman. So she's so traumatized, degraded, demeaned, abused. She's an abused woman who has totally lost her own identity under the power of that spirit of darkness. As a result, Blackstone goes on to explain, a man cannot grant anything to his wife or enter into covenant with her 
for that grant would be to suppose her separate existence. So that grant would be to suppose that she's a real human being. That grant would be to suppose that she's a person. That grant would be to suppose that she is a child of God individually, herself, and that she has a personal relationship with God as a human being, a person, a child of God created in God's image and born of the Spirit. And Blackstone says, no, she's not a person. She's not a human being. She's a thing. She's a thing, and, and the man owns her body. That's, that's her body. It's, it's his sex toy. She's his sex slave. That is rape. And that's why rape was made the law, because a woman was defined as a man's sex slave. When a woman is defined as a man's sex slave, that is why rape is made the marriage co- contract. That is Genesis 2. That is male headship. We're seeing it in black and white here. I'll put the link to this under the description. This is how Genesis 2 and male headship is made law. It's it's sex slavery. It's one flesh. It's sex slavery. And it is rape. That is what the doctrine is. Try to glorify it. Try to make it pretty. Well, Someone is, is, is in a man who, who, is, who tries to make that pretty. That's pornography at work in him. That's pornographic. He has got a rape and sex slave fantasy. He has got a fantasy that he is God and a woman is a sex slave. That's pornographic. That's a pornographic, wicked fantasy. That's what male headship is. So perhaps people understand my fury. and to covenant with her would be only to covenant with himself. So you see, the wife has no identity. She has no personhood. She has no humanity. She has no existence. Blackstone says she has no existence. She, She is not a separate, autonomous human being. She's not a person. She is a sack of meat. That is his, her husband's body. She is defined by Blackstone under coverture law in full correlation to Genesis 2 in male headship as a sex slave with no personhood. In slavery, any slave doctrine eliminates the humanity of the person who is held as a slave. It is denied that that person is a human. It is denied that that person is a person. Instead, the slave is defined, redefined as a thing and property the slave owner owns. That is Blackstone's synopsis. Woman is a thing and property a man owns as his own body. Legally defined as a sex slave rape victim. That is Genesis 2. That is male headship doctrine. That is why God's wrath is coming to every single man behind a pulpit who quotes Saul Paul and declares Saul Paul's writings to be the word of God. The wrath of God is coming. There are two choices, repent or perish. God is coming. The Lord is coming. Isaiah 66, Revelation 18. The Lord is coming. Under coverture, in other words, the wife's legal identity was effectively absorbed into her husband's. Any personal property she owned prior to the marriage became his. All land known as real property reverted to her in the case of her husband's death. But he controlled any income it generated during his lifetime. He controlled everything. He owned his wife as his sex slave. This contract is sex slavery and rape. That's what male headship is. That's what Roman law is. That's what paterfamilias is. That's what Greco-Roman Pandora stories produce. That's what Genesis 2 is. So it's, it's not possible for me to read this, review this, go over this without there being wrath and fury, without there being passion and fire. It's not possible. I'm not lukewarm. So, so the lukewarm are not going to enjoy my ministry unless they become 
on fire unless they unless they start to understand what evil is and stop calling this evil the word of God. I want this removed from the Hebrew Bible. I recognize Genesis 1, the Gospel of John, chapters 1 through 20, 2 John and Revelation. That's all I recognize as true, authentic scripture from the true early church. All this other stuff, Genesis 2, the Saul Pauline epistles, the Petrine epistles, Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, etc. They're all written by Greco-Roman philosophers. They're all preaching Roman law. They're all preaching male deification. They're all preaching the enslavement of women as sex slaves. That is a religion. That is the 666B system. That is what we are seeing here. I'm going to put a link to this um, article by Ms. Rachel Ablow, and it's really worth reading in full. Now I'm going to read from another article, and I'll put the link to this below. And this is about a law in Malaysia. And the law in Malaysia, they have had a real hard time getting these men to give up their right to rape their wives. These men want to rape their wives. These men in Malaysia, they enjoy raping their wives. They, they are in love with Lucifer. They are in love with themselves. And they are in love with the lie that Genesis 2 and male headship are the word of God. And they're in love with the concept of owning their wives as sex slaves so they can rape women at will and call that male headship. They want to call rape male headship. And the reason I'm saying that is because I read to you in Mr. Charles Reed's paper that the law only changed when society changed. So then we know that because we, they, have, they, they had real trouble overturning the marital rape law, that's how we know these men like raping their wives. These men like pretending they're God. These men like serving the devil. These men in Malaysia like believing that Genesis 2 and Ephesians 5 and 1 Corinthians 11 are the Bible. And they want to believe that the Bible has made men God and made women their sex slaves. That's what they want to believe. And they want to believe that men can rape their wives and that rape is the marriage contract. Because if that was not true... Then in Malaysia, this, w- this law would have been overturned. Society would have changed. Society would have recognized that women are human beings, like society did in America when feminists stood up, progressives stood up to overthrow conservative Christians. That's revival. That is what revival is right there when conservative Christianity is overthrown. That is revival. Because conservative Christianity today... <coughs> wants to believe that Genesis 2 is the Bible and wants to believe that Saul Paul's epistles are the word of God and and male headship means men are God and women are bodies, men own as men's bodies and men are heads. And so, you know, there's rape and sex slavery because that's what these conservative Christian men like. And if if people think I'm wrong and if people think I'm being facetious or cruel. No, I'm not. I'm not. Because men need to search their hearts. Why do you accept Genesis 2 as scripture? Why do you accept male headship? Why do you promote it? What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? There is something wrong with you. There's something wrong with anyone who believes that. And so, you know, I'm a born again believer, but No, I I can't identify with anyone who promotes male headship. I see it as the devil, and it is the devil. All right, the marital, I'm going to read from this article. (laughs) This is a trial for me, and I I cannot read this stuff, and I cannot review this information without becoming furious, without getting on fire, without feeling passion. It's not possible for me to do this any other way. The marital rape exception has its roots in a legal doctrine known as coverture. Coverture simply means that when a woman gets married, her legal personality is covered up by her husband, hence coverture. So she ceases to exist, just like Blackstone said. She's a non-person. She's a non-entity. She's a, she, she has a non-identity. Her spirit has been crushed. Her soul has been robbed. 
She's been possessed body and soul by a man in the picture of satanic possession in a Luciferian contract with the devil. Uh, That's what male headship is. The married woman effectively loses her legal personality and is invisible under the law. She ceases to exist. She's dead. She's dead because the devil sacrificed her. She's been sacrificed to the devil. She sold her soul to the devil by marrying a man under male headship law. She sold her soul to the devil. She no longer exists. She's dead. She doesn't exist. That's what Kovacher said. She doesn't exist. Does anybody want to say that's, that's, that's good? That's good. Oh, that's holy. No, it's not. It's evil. Interestingly, Kovacher can be traced back to the French, which is ironic given that French is known for romance. Following the Normandy conquest in the 11th century, the British inherited many of their laws from the French, including Coverture. So that's a little history given in this Malaysian article. It remained in the British legal system for centuries until slowly eroded and ultimately eradicated by statute. Malaysia is a Commonwealth country, and we are, this is written by a Malaysian, part of a common law system which we inherited from the British. Along with the common law system, we haven't inherited many existing laws from them. Coverture could be found in many of the laws which we inherited from them, including the marital rape exception. Coverture is a terrible thing. Under coverture, a married woman has no right under the law. She has no existence. She's been satanically possessed out of existence. She's a sacrifice to the devil. Under coverture, under male headship. Under coverture, a married woman has no right under the law. She is not able to own property, and all of her property would become her husband's. She was not able to enter into a contract. If she had been committed committed a wrong, she was not able to sue her perpetrators on her own. Coverture allows violence against women. Of course, I interject. Of course. If a woman kills her husband, it was considered as petty treason. The reason being, the attack by the woman against her husband is viewed as an attack on her Lord. So it's, it's viewed as an attack on her God. Just like a king was like a God in these ancient nations, men were God to their wives. So it's considered treason because he is God. He is the government and you are his slave. So it's terrible, but I'm going to keep reading this. This is awful. That was similar to a challenge on the king. The punishment for petty treason for women is to be burnt to death at the stake. Another example is husbands were allowed to discipline their wives by beating them. However, the husbands were not allowed to use a rod thicker than the width of his thumb. Yeah, right. When husbands are allowed to rape and, and beat their wives, sure, there, sure, I mean, there's limits on that. Sure, as men are all, you know, huddled together as a pack of wolves, abusing women, sure, they're going to they're gonna look out for women. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, because they're all invested in their sex fiend desire to rape their wives and beat their wives and have this power of God over their wives. They're sold out to the devil. And when men are sold out to the, to the devil, they're not going to look out for women. This is, this is no Prince Charming law here. This is not Prince Charming here. This is the devil. These are men who have been given over to the spirit of the devil. And they're not going to look out for women. Women are going to get beaten to death is what's going to happen, and that's what did happen. Hence the popular phrase, the rule of thumb, coverture also perpetuates the religious notion. See how it's all religion? This is all religious. This is all the religion of ancient Rome that was written into the Bible, Genesis 2 and Ephesians 5. I almost cannot stomach any more of this. I mean, this is really hard for me to go through. So I'm going to cut to the chase here. Let me... Move to the end. One of the last relics. Oh, there was a death sentence for women for adultery. And one of the last relics of coverture that remains 
The law today in Malaysia is the marital rape exception. When a woman marries a man, she gives an irrevocable consent to have sexual intercourse with him at his pleasure. So she loses all bodily autonomy, all power of consent. She's a sex slave rape victim. This is a sex slavery contract with the devil. This arose out of the quote-unquote biblical notion that a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall be one flesh. Thus the wife could not refuse sex. It is clearly proven Genesis 2 is a satanic sex slavery rape fantasy. It's a pornographic sex slave rape fantasy from the devil. That's what Genesis 2 is. That is what male headship is. And I'll have links below. God bless you.